Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lead Lap. And, you know, this is going to be a... this is going to be an interesting show. We've got a mix of dirt tracking and short tracking and big tracking and road coursing and every uh, kind of tracking you can yeah, think of. Yeah, it's uh, this is going to be a veritable buffet of well, motorsports. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so welcome but, to Wing Lap Radio. Uh, the the show, of course, presented by. Uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com for all of your driver safety needs. I'm Tom Baker. Joining me inside the Race Chaser studio in Mooresville, North Carolina, Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport, Randy Miller, who hosts the Inside Pass on Wednesday nights. We'll talk more about that during the show. And Joining us in the studio for, I think, the first time on this show. I'm on this show, sure. yes. On this show, uh, Blake Harris, who uh, has been the host of Southeastern Race Review. Um, and Blake also now has joined us on the Inside Pass on Randy's show on Wednesday. And we're going to be adding Blake uh, into the mix here on Lead Lap as we go forward <coughs> and want to um, spend a little more time talking mm-hmm. about local uh, racing here in the Carolinas. We're going to so take both shows down. With that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so with that uh, all being said, we're glad you're with us tonight. I see that you came back, by the way, and, and we're now continuing to throw people under the bus. It just wasn't me that time. That's right. Well, no, yeah. so well, the, the, we're, it's early, though. The, the, thing, the thing that you that you should know is that this happens every Wednesday, and you, unfortunately, don't get to be a part of it, but now you get to see why this works. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, exactly. So. Wait, wait, Randy, it actually works? It does it work. Works. We've been yeah. on for yes, like it does three, well, it's my show, so I can pull it when I want, but um, <laughs> we've been on for three weeks, and we're actually getting decent guests, so, I mean, we're doing something right, so he hasn't ran anybody off yet, so that, that's a good thing. <laughs> They haven't ran me off either, so no. It's a win-win uh, situation. Well, we do, but you keep coming back every week, so <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work. So it's like a boomerang. While we're having fun, sometimes it's fun to start with a story. I was I, I went went around the corner earlier. There's a convenience store around the corner from us to get some refreshment for the show, and uh, I was in line to pay for it. And behind me in line was uh, a father, and it looked to be about a maybe a four or five year old little kid, and the kid was wearing. Uh, flip-flops and had the flip-flops on the wrong feet oh, no. mm. so so daddy was patiently explaining to the to his young son about why they're on the wrong feet and the difference between you know how the foot fits on the flip-flop if it's on the right feet and the wrong feet <laughs> oh, I can see. I can see where this is going. <laughs> and the kid, the kid looked up at him with a smile and he goes, "Maybe my feet are on backwards." <laughs> It's like, okay, the whole everybody in line just cracked right up. The game is genuinely confused. That's awesome. And that was Blake 10 years ago. That was Blake 10 years ago. Uh, Yeah, I would say that, yes. So (laughs) so, he's no more Velcro shoes growing up. So I started with something (laughs) funny, but um, Stuart Friesen did not start with something funny on on, uh, Thursday, actually, I think it would have been. You want to start. Friday at Kentucky. You want to start there when we had a perfectly good battle of the bushes? 
Well, you gotta go even. You gotta. Go you gotta start tr- with you the go, trucks. You gotta <laughs> save the best for last. You gotta go truck Xfinity. Then I'm cup. starting with okay. the trucks. Okay. Well, because because I, there's there's a new book coming out. Yes. Yeah, see, see, you weren't here on Thursday when we started writing that book. Yeah. The new, <laughs> yeah, but I heard it. There's okay. A, there's a new book coming out. It's called How, How to Lose a Truck Before Practice by <laughs> Halmar Racing. Um, I don't know what all they must have done to that truck, but. All I can say is it had to be pretty doggone nasty for NASCAR to say give to daddy before well, we even put it on the racetrack. I have some understanding from some inside sources as to at least some some of the wares that things were wrong. <coughs> My understanding is some things were built within that truck where the floorboard was actually built higher than it was supposed to be which is a definite aerodynamic advantage. Oh. Wow. Um, the firewall was <coughs> questionable in spots. I don't know if it was a thickness issue, or it, but there was some safety stuff with the firewall that they weren't happy with. And, and NASCAR basically put it on parade for the entire garage area to see and, and basically you know, more or less said, see this? Don't do this. Well, that's pretty interesting because back in the day, remember when the Hudson Hornet got introduced in the NASCAR, everybody loved that car because the gr- car was lower to the ground. The floorboard was lower to the ground where you stepped in the car. So now that we're getting up higher, kind of changes the aspect of how it's all come uh-huh. full thir- circle. The first thing I thought was, oh, boy, Gary Ballou's back to his old tricks. Stuart <laughs> Friesen. But Dale Jr. called him out on Twitter, and Gary said he had not touched the truck. Right. <laughs> Okay, so my my understanding from some inside sources here as far as how this all shook out was that the floor pan of the truck was dropped and they did some stuff around the truck arms for aero advantages, which in turn led to the floorboards being too high. So ah. one one thing led to another, and it was just, you know, it's just all a mess where you, you guys know how it is. You can't mess with one part of those trucks without something else getting affected along the way. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, like I said, I knew it had to be something really big. Yeah. You know, NASCAR doesn't usually confiscate a vehicle. You know, it takes, um, it takes a pretty, especially be pre-race. I mean, absolutely. You know, and then of course they went to a backup truck that was perfectly legal. So that would tell me. I think it was the same backup truck they've been using for like three weeks. Yeah. So that would tell me that uh, whatever they did, they did specifically for this race, Randy. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, they had to have known it was. Well, I don't know that it was specific to this race. It was a brand new truck, Randy, that they rolled out. So. It could be that they were trying to roll out things they could use for a lot more races, and NASCAR said, um, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. my, my, my question on the whole thing is, is the safety-wise. I mean, I know we talked on Thursday about how some of those modifications would, would be deemed completely unsafe. I mean, if, if he was to hit the wall you know, with a firewall too thin or whatever, you know, it basically smashed that truck like an accordion. Yeah. So I don't I, I I understand you know I understand wanting to take an advantage although obviously it's illegal and you shouldn't do it but mm-hmm. try especially with as much competition as we have in, in all three of the divisions these days I mean everybody's wanting to cut corners to make their truck faster to beat these guys that are always consistently up front and winning but do you do you sacrifice safety in order to try to get a win and think you know and then another thing is think about NASCAR not being able to see this I mean obviously. 
you're talking about something that's so obvious that they would have found it either way. Right. So, I mean, yeah. would you – it's probably better for him to go into the race having the truck be repossessed um, before the race than to go out, win the race, and then get disqualified and then lose points and money and everything else. So, I mean, he still might, but – I mean, I figure by now we would have known something if something was going to happen as far as oh, know, penalties think, or whatever. I think that'll be in the next It's coming. Uh, oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure. I know everybody's kind of hating on that. Hey, he's breaking the rules and all that. But I kind there's a side of me that also kind of likes it. Like I said earlier, Gary Blue, he had Smokey and all that. Kind of brings back the old grassroots type of NASCAR. Everybody who had that was cheating, had all these secret stuff in their car. But, I know it's against the rules, but I kind of like that the engineers you know, are trying stuff. Here's the right. <laughs> here's here's the problem with that though. I understand what you're saying, Blake, and yeah, the old timer in me, I love it too. But in this day and age, with you know the discotheque and everything else that they got going on, okay, if you're gonna cheat, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't take five <clears throat> minutes, and they kind of went, uh, no, you know, like I said, <laughs> it was give to daddy, you know. Um, that's not, I mean, don't make it obvious. Oh, no. You know, I mean, if you're going to try something, at least make them have to look hard for it. People need you to know? realize that the rules are, are going to stay where they are. So the more that people cheat, the more harsher these penalties are going to yeah. get. So NASCAR is going to keep going, oh, okay, okay. All right, we, we warned you once, you did it, we gave you this penalty. So the next person that does it is going. You're going to the penalties are going to keep getting stiffer until eventually right. somebody stops doing it because you know at one point you're going to be like okay well we're going to park you for the rest of the season you know whatever the case may be in order to prove a point don't cheat in NASCAR right uh huh NASCAR doesn't want that anymore they don't want that kind of thing and I think technology has come to the point where you know there are certain elements of the old days I don't think we should be trying to revisit I mean yeah it was fun it was cool. And it was sexy, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's part of the problem and why you aren't getting. But I also don't think that the younger generation has any, you know, fans like me who remember how cool that was. And, you know, you as a youngster who you're a history buff, so you kind of. But, you know, the majority of the people don't have any connection to that kind of thought. So everybody wants a level playing field. Let's see who the best driver is. Blake, you want old school racing? Let's give everybody a jar of moonshine and then send them out on the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, because, well. Not, you also got to have that cigarette in your mouth. Of course. at about 200 miles an hour. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's go for one hand racing at 10 miles Or David Pearson. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, again, it was an interesting scenario. And then uh, no sooner did we start to get a, a handle on that. And the next day, Austin Sindrick got popped. Uh-huh. Um, the the twenty two car, not Sindrick himself. Hashtag illegal body modification. Yes, um, and they didn't confiscate that car. So apparently no, they didn't. It wasn't they just penalized him. As, no, they just know. penalized him on the spot. Yeah, ten driver and owner points. Uh, Brian Wilson got thrown out for the weekend, and I feel like there was grand. something else. Ten grand. Thank you. I knew there was a fine there somewhere. Yeah. So I don't know. That's uh, that wasn't as severe, but uh, I love that NASCAR is trying to crack down. I think it's good that they're doing that. You know, we're in a day and age where it's really easy from a technology standpoint to outspend somebody else and and to try to, you know, to cheat through financial means. And um, I think it's good that NASCAR is is trying to keep the playing field level. So um, we'll talk about the actual racing when we come back because. 
we did have a first-time winner in the Truck Series I race. We'll get to the Cup race eventually um, before the show is done. We're going to talk some dirt. We're going to talk Indy. We're going to do a lot of things here before we're finished. Stick around. We're just getting started. You're listening to or watching Lead Lap, <laughs> presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We'll be back right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. But I want to walk 500 miles. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to League Lap. You know, that's funny. Didn't he run out of gas on Friday night? No, he had a flat tire. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was going to say, well, he probably did walk about 500 miles, but Mm -hmm. a bad tire. he did. Dang, I wish he would have run out of gas now because that joke would have been funny. (laughs) 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 Thursday night, not Friday night. Thursday, Thursday. sorry. And if he runs out of gas, we'll let you bring him back. Yes. Just keep it in your head. Yeah, keep it in your head. 
Uh, Not that I'm hoping he runs out of gas because he needs a win. I'm just saying. Oh, he needs a win bad, especially mm-hmm. considering. Especially uh, now because somebody uh, uh, turned the whole entire thing upside yeah, down. Yeah, so, somebody complete like we predicted, by the way. High five. Um, yes, and I called it because if you see, if you follow me on Facebook, I Tyler uh, Tyler had posted something about the race that night, and I actually sent him a comment underneath saying, "I feel like tonight is your night." And his mom actually said, looks like you got it right. I said, I did. Thank you very much. Well, <laughs> the, the thing that's cool for me, and I'll go around the table, everybody can share their thoughts, and we'll get Chris Murdoch, our producer, in on this too, if you like. The thing that's cool for me about Tyler Ankrum winning this race is, is not only does it give him a chance to now run for the championship, which his sponsorship situation... Desperately needed. Desperately needed because... He was he he didn't have enough sponsorship to run all of the rest of the races. So, you know, this was a situation where the win now puts him in the playoffs. And now, hopefully, it could translate to some sponsor dollars. My hope is that if all else fails, David Gilliland and or Toyota will come up with some sort of way because um, he has an excellent shot at the final four, in my opinion. And this is going to be my my question to go around the table with, and you can elaborate on your thoughts on Tyler's win if you'd like. Um, is Tyler Ankrum now a, does he have a legitimate shot? Or what is his strategy or pathway to run for the championship here, given his situation? And I'll start with Randy, then go to Jacob. Oh, Lord. Okay, so for me... <laughs> As much as I don't want to downplay Tyler's win, he did win on the fact that a lot of people ran out of gas. So I don't think it was his, I don't he think it won. was the well I know, but I don't think it was the dominant win or at least the the you know say nothing win that he needed to have in order for them to go. You know what? Okay, now you are in direct competition with the the Grant and Fingers and the the Thor Sport guys and everybody who has actually been consistent the entire season. Now, not saying that. He does have a legitimate shot because he is now in the playoffs, but I feel like they need to they need to use that momentum to make him better, make him faster, because I still don't think they're right where they need to be in terms of being able to compete with Thor Sport. I'm not sure I quite agree with that all, all the way, but Thank Jacob. Thank you. Permission to dispute Randy with numbers. <laughs> Granted. Oh, Lord. All right. Okay. Well, but minimize the numbers. I, I, I need to at least go through a few numbers on Ankrum's part because, Stat Randy, I'm, I'm not sure what race you were watching, but to me – Number one, Tyler Ankrum <clears throat> led the most laps. Okay. Number two, Brett Moffat got out ahead of him on a strategy call that didn't yes. work. Number three, okay. when Ankrum got out front of the field on speed alone at the start of the final stage, he ran off and left <clears throat> after Ben Rhodes couldn't stay with him. Okay. I don't buy at all that he wasn't the dominant truck in the second half of that race. He got what he rightfully should have gotten. By winning, you know, by winning because Brett ran out of fuel. Brett tried to steal it from him, and it didn't work. That 17 truck, to me, was, in fact, the truck that should have won that race and did win that race. <laughs> Keep in mind that this is a continuation of speed on intermediate tracks. He had the third at Texas. <coughs> he had another really solid run at Chicagoland that wasn't reflected in the box score, and he won now 
at last time out at Kentucky. That, that, tr that team's intermediate program is bang up right now. The only thing I'm nervous about, and to answer your original question, I don't know what his path is to the championship right now because even David Gilliland said after that race, even with this, we don't know for sure that we can run him the rest of the year. They've got work to do. His pathway to the his pathway to a championship is is scraping together more sponsor dollars. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is there an echo? I feel like we was having this same conversation last year with the Hattori Racing Number Sixteen machine. Because we did exactly. <laughs> this so is the new Hattori. So I'm feeling like Tyler still has been strong. I kind of see the same traits that he's not as strong as he was last, Tory was last year. But I feel like with him going into the playoffs, a lot more people tune into playoffs. I feel like sponsorship, like it did with Tory last year, comes more involved and wants to get themselves on TV on that winning truck. Well, and like he said, Tyler has been strong all year. He's been, in my opinion, one of the most underrated drivers in the truck series, having that third at Texas that was overshadowed by Biffle, like you made very clear on that episode yes. right after that yes. win. But I feel like Tyler, he may not be your champion at the end of the year, but I have a pretty good shot. He will make a huge run to try and get into Homestead. Chris, what's well, your take? I, I will say that I do agree with Blake, and, and this is sort of a carbon copy of what we had with Atori last year. And I would be shocked, you know, especially with the the sponsor that he had on the hood being the first time on the car and he goes out and wins. I'm gonna I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too shocked to see Academy back on the on the truck again this year. Um I just think I think Toyota has to do – it's just like the K&N situation he had last year. Yeah. They didn't have the full season shut out, but Toyota and DGR pulled funds together and had them run. So if they have a shot at a truck championship, especially in, what, their their first full season, DGR's first full yeah. truck season? Yeah. No, they ran the full season well, last year just with a myriad of drivers. I was going to say, yeah. it's the first time they've run a driver or attempted to for a full season. <clears throat> so yeah. so I think Toyota and DGR have to come up with something. Yeah, they're not going to give this one away. Does all Randy. the other trucks have sponsorship for the rest of the year? They had most everything already sold. That's the I, problem. Like, would it be a situation where they would park a truck a week to take that money to put into Tyler's truck to make sure he makes? Because now, I don't of all that, the DGR drivers, he's guaranteed a spot now where everybody contractu else is. Contractually, I don't think you could do that though if you've yeah. already sold the inventory. Yeah, you can't. If well, it's could, another could they put him in the other? Could they put him in another truck? I mean, oh, it's, somebody, it's driver if, points, if not somebody, necessarily. If somebody steps up with money, I don't think they're just going to throw money at it willy-nilly. Well, here's my take on it. Toyota needs to, and I'm going to tell you why they do. There's two reasons. Number one, this kid is one of the hottest, most marketable properties in the truck series right now, and I would argue in all of NASCAR's series. This is a kid who everybody likes. He's a kid who... Has He checks all the boxes of being a sponsor's dream. Um, he's He shows up at the shop. He helps out on the vehicles. The kid is, <clears throat> the kid is a farmer. He's, he's basically the closest thing right now to sort of a down-home country boy that we've got right now that in, in the development pipeline for, for NASCAR. Toyota needs to step up and they need to give him a shot, number one, because he's Toyota's best chance at and, a truck championship. Right and what, is, and right what does he do after he gets chance. the uh, what's he do after he gets the win? 
he goes to a sponsor's location over here in Mooresville and buys a grill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, this, this is a kid, you know, because the Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks at the rate they're going, unless somebody <clears throat> pulls a surprise in the next five races. Three races. Is there only three left? Only I thought we had three, five. No, three races oh, bef- left before yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, before the playoffs, right. Yep. Yeah, three before the playoffs. So you, you, you go into a situation where, you know, I don't think either of these trucks are going to make it. I, I don't think Harrison Burton's going to make it. I don't think Todd Gillen's going to make it. And if they make it, they're going to limp in and they're not going very far. They don't have the speed right now, and I don't think the drivers are ready. Tyler Ankrum is Toyota's best shot at winning a championship, but here's the other thing. He's also going to be a driver who everybody's looking at, and if Toyota would like to keep him, then they better step up and do something to prove it or I think that's the at hard some part point down Ty- the line, he, he may go elsewhere. That's the hard part because Tyler Ankrum, and t- you know, before he ended up you know, pulling off a championship run in the K&M Pro Series East last year, Tyler wasn't even a, tr- a designated Toyota Racing Development driver. He he's wasn't still one. really not. He's, I was going to say no. he's still really not. That's which, what I'm saying. To me, it's it's hilarious that a non you know a non official TRD driver, for lack of a better term, went out and won DGR Crosley's first truck race before any of their you know any of the other actual yeah. TRD drivers in the program were able to do. Uh, I, I it's great for Tyler, by the way. And but I think it's funny that with this win, he bumps the two actual TRD drivers out of the playoffs. Well, to, uh, Todd Gilliland was already out. He did bump Harrison Burton currently, but. Harrison be- has a chance to yes. get back. Yeah, Harrison, yeah, especially if Stu- especially if Stuart Friesen gets a, a pretty hefty point. I think here. he's going to um, he's going to be the Burger King. It's going to be a whopper. The rule book has anywhere from ten the the type of penalty that uh, this would fall in, in the category of has a, a range anywhere from ten to forty points. Yeah. that can be deducted, and right. if he takes a forty point hit, that puts him w- that puts Harrison within fifteen or twenty points of a shot at the playoffs so it, it's not over now let me tell you something really crazy that Matt Weaver and I have been discussing off and on since Thursday night believe it or not and this is not something that Fox Sports picked up on so they actually kind of misled a little bit there is still a scenario in which Tyler Ankrum can miss the truck series playoffs despite having a win he is not locked into the playoffs yet. Is he top 20 and does he have a win? Yes, then but he's locked in. no, he's not. I he's went missed. over to the rule book yesterday. I kn- hey, Chris, I know that. There's, a, there's one rule that everybody's forgetting about. If the regular season champion is winless, the regular season champion bumps the lowest driver in points nope. with a win. That is correct. NASCAR confirmed that today. If the regular season champion is, it's the regular season champion plus the next seven drivers in points with a win, regardless of whether they're winless or not. I'm so, glad there's a wall separating me and Chris. I didn't even know that was so, even a rule. Yes, it was a rule from the very beginning when they went to the stage I guess it's never format. been mentioned because the the because the regular season, cha- yes, that's correct. It's that never sense. been mentioned because the regular season champion has never been winless in any of the top three series. Mm. Well, and here's what's interesting is is uh, as of going into the weekend, Grand Emfinger was the points leader. Correct, yes. well, and he is okay, winless. Hold, hold on, yes, and he hadn't won a race. Well, he he also didn't win a race on. Thursday either because he pulled a 
nasty <clears throat> low-head move. Tyler <clears throat> wouldn't be um, the lowest guy in points, though, because he's yeah, one race. Yeah, for, for the grand thing to happen, for the say. grand thing to happen, eight drivers would have to win. No, seven drivers. Well, yes, and there's three races left, and right. five drivers have already won. Five truck series I don't regulars. S- I don't have already think you won. see three new drivers. I'm, I'm not saying it. W- I'm not saying it's a He's guarantee. He's just putting the possibility I'm, out but there. I'm, that I'm, it saying, could I'm saying until a non-regular or a driver who's already won wins right. one more time, until that happens, Tyler Ankrum is not locked in. Locked in because gotcha. all it would take is Ross Chastain jumping ahead of Tyler in points, and and Tyler to be the lowest driver with a win if the regular season champions winless but i also feel like there's there still is that's another possibility along with that sponsorship deal but i also feel like the sponsorship deal will work itself out i hope so but there because there is this one thing that everyone loves in sports and that is an underdog yes. and i feel like Ankrum is the underdog that can lead them into the promise i line. hope so all right we're gonna step aside when we come back more conversation plenty more from kentucky to talk about And uh, we've got all kinds of things left to discuss as Lead Lap continues, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Laro Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. 
When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hey, I'm Brennan Poole, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Well, welcome back to Lead Lap Radio and TV, if you want to think of it that way, because we are live on both PMN Radio, if you uh, are getting us through Twitch, our <coughs> twitch.tv channel, and you want to listen to the show for whatever reason, at some point you can do so by downloading the free PMN, that's Performance Motorsports Network app, uh, for your device, and you'll be able to listen to us. But, of course, if you'd rather watch us, uh, then uh, then uh, we're glad that you're with us on Twitch. Okay, we'll talk Xfinity here in this segment, um, because I feel like this was, you know, last week we were all talking about the big three, the big three, the big three. Everything's the big three. Well, it's still the uh-huh. big three. It uh, is. <laughs> nothing yeah. changed. Nobody, one, um, two, three. nobody saw what I – nobody paid a close enough attention to see what I did on the reentries. I I saw what you did on the reentries. I heard <laughs> what you did on the reentries. I did not see it. It was very good, That Chris. little devil laugh. Get you a pat on, pat on the back. <laughs> but nobody's going to mention the fact that Ben Rhodes was butthurt at Brennan Poole for no reason. Well, um, all right. We could, I was going to save that for the lightning round, but okay. Since you brought it up, we'll talk about that first. That still wasn't the best argument of the weekend. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think I think Jacob and Chris just took that whole thing. Yeah, the whole case, um, they don't have shirts being made, which is on the way to my. How do you know they do now? Well, I wasn't really arguing. I know what I read. That wasn't an argument. Well, that was a hat trick. <laughs> That's what that was. We'll talk about that too later, but. Um, okay, let's talk about Ben Rhodes. Since Chris brought it up, we'll go there. So apparently, um, Ben Rhodes wasn't too happy with the way he was driven by Brennan Poole during the race. And I can't really blame him. Um, ben approached Brennan Poole after the race and uh-huh. wanted to uh, inflict some bodily harm on the boy, I do believe. <laughs> um you know, but I the mean, only bad thing that's going for Ben right now is he's no bigger than a minute. So the the, the team listen, member just picked him up and carried him. He may not be, but his muscles pretty much are. Ben's yeah. had some boxing training, and I believe he's also had a little bit of UFC kind of training as well. Um, so Ben may be rather small in stature, but I do believe that Ben w- would have taken quite good care of himself with Brennan. Um, and what I thought was the most interesting part of that whole thing, which really amounted to very little um, because they were separated before it, it got anywhere it really shouldn't, um, was <laughs> that Ben's uh, crew guy or whoever said to him, 
It's not worth it. Ben said, oh, it's going to be worth it. Which <laughs> is not a typical Ben Rhodes response. I mean, Ben doesn't, you know, Ben gets angry at himself faster than he gets angry at other drivers. So typically. He's a UFC fighter. So, fighter. you know, it's kind of one of those situations where it was, for me, it was a little unexpected. Um, and I think Ben is just, at this point, the season for him has been so frustrating. Yep. Because they've been fast. They've but been what's fast. New? They've been fast. I mean, last <sighs> year was the same thing. Yeah, but they haven't been able to win. Last year they won. They haven't been able to win this year. And, and I, 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 it's not because Ben can't win or the truck can't win. They just haven't been able to close the deal. And so, of course, Kentucky being his home track, basically, and, you know, he wanted to, wanted to win. I, I just thought it was an interesting um, – I thought it was an interesting situation, and I'm thankful, honestly, that it didn't develop into anything more than just what it was because that would have been worse for Ben. The last thing Ben needs is a penalty. Right, Right. exactly. So I'm hoping that he'll kind of look look at that and realize, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You it's, know? it's two guys who have gotten this far into the season. Ben hasn't won. You know, they're, they're, his truck compared to the other Thor Support trucks maybe is a step down from the other three. I don't think it's a step down at all. Well, but I mean, he's been fast. He's been fast, but, but like you said, he doesn't want to race bad luck. So. And, do, and since we're talking about arguments and, and scuffs, do we want to talk about the hissy fit Natalie Decker threw well, against Well, see, Spencer I was going to save all this for the lightning round, but now, I, I mean, we might as well. So, you know... All right, I'm just going to go around the table. Now, uh, and and I'll, I'll preface this by explaining for those who may have been under a rock or just don't pay attention to NASCAR. Um, Natalie Decker and Spencer Boyd had a situation on the racetrack. Spencer came up when he wasn't clear and uh, wrecked Natalie Decker. And Natalie, who had been wrecked the week before as well by Todd Gilliland, um, at least it's starting to be not her fault. Again, yeah. I think, well, here's the deal. I, I get tired of people with Natalie Decker because everybody's piling on Natalie for this this situation. And, oh, was she, you know, Decker on the record, blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, it, you know, they made fun of her for, for taking the hat off and tossing it. Here's the deal. If Chase Elliott or Kyle Busch or whoever does this, yay! You know, um, well, Natalie what is she going to do? It. She's a female approaching. Yeah, a Natalie Decker. Amber Lynn you know, threw a punch at Bowman Gray this weekend, and, <laughs> and she ended that. up in jail. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> that was a thing. Wait, uh, we need. I need to hear that story. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I missed that. So, anyways, Natalie approaches Spencer after the race, and I guess she didn't like his response, so she takes his hat off and throws it on the ground. And so, of course, Spencer, who is a really smart marketing uh, representative for himself, oh, by the way, that was, that's his degree. He goes and immediately has T-shirts made with an upside-down hat. Got one on the way in the mail <laughs> so, right now. <laughs> you know, everybody's ordering these things. Here's, it's great. Here's the question. Well, it is. All the benefits does go to Wounded Warriors and other charities, too. Right, so. exactly. He's doing it for a good cause, but he was smart enough to jump on it. Here's the question. I'll start with Blake this time, and we'll go to Jacob and then Randy and then Chris. Question is, are you, are you with Natalie Decker? Does she have 
a legitimate case or not? Yes or no? Of course. Spencer come up off the apron and right up into her and basically took both of them out. I am on Natalie's side 100% on this because Spencer was about – she was about half a truck behind Spencer, and Spencer just come up on her. I feel like this was completely Spencer's fault. And Natalie, I think, could have done more, but she had a reason to flip the hat off, yes. <laughs> Jacob, you buying or selling Natalie's hissy fit? I'm buying it all it. day. You know, I, yes, I've been a little critical of her in some situations this year because she's had her fair of – you know, her fair share of issues <laughs> is what I was trying to say. I now I'm were, having my fair share yeah. of issues. But hey, we're not to the reboot segment yet. Yeah, we haven't on. mentioned my computer career. Hang on. Good, Go ahead. But good grief, <laughs> Spencer! What were you thinking, dude? Like, there was a truck there. Was there even a spotter in his ear at that point? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. See, Honestly, this like, is the question. One of them was either one of them was lying. It was either Spencer or the spotter, but <laughs> yeah. one of them was lying. I'm not sure which one it was, yeah. but either way, yes, Natalie. Yes, Natalie had a gripe. That was as blatant as day. I'm okay. sorry, Randy. Yes, she she sorry. does she does definitely have a legitimate gripe, but I'm I'm disappointed that all it ended was a hat flip because if I was hard, <laughs> I would have slapped the living mm, out of Spencer Boyd for Ooh. that because he ain't gonna fight back. It's a girl, just slap him and then walk <laughs> no. away. That's the he ultimate. was laughing the whole time she I, did it, too. She, she wouldn't have been laughing if she would have no, slapped the taste out of his mouth. No. I guarantee you that. There wouldn't have been a marketing <laughs> a marketing ploy for that because there's no T-shirt in the world with a slap to the face that's going to win you some money for charity. So well, there I was Tower Herb in the jail cell for don't slapping Hudson. Don't care. I, I still would have slapped the taste no, out of his no, mouth. No, no, no. We're not going there. Chris, you're buying the selling. I'm totally buying it, and here's why. Because I think these past two weeks have proven it a little bit. It's just – I don't think people really take her seriously in the media as fans and really even drivers because, I mean, the week before, like you mentioned, Tom, Todd Gilliland just drove straight through her like she wasn't even there. Right. And then Boyd just clear enoughed himself up and in, into her and just took it. They're not taking her serious. They're just pushing her out of the way and moving right along. And, and that's not the way you handle it. Yes. Like Jacob, we, we've ragged on her a little bit because I think we can all agree at the start of this year, she came into it really, really green. Uh-huh. Um, but she's starting to find her own. She's knocking off top 15 finishes. She's running better. But now that she's running up there with those guys, she, they, they just run her over like she's not even there. Well, and that's my problem with this is I think right now that, that she's – Look, she came into the truck series, and I try to explain this to people. She did not make that choice. That choice of where she was going to race this year was made for her. So she was not prepared to be at the truck level. That was very obvious. But she's learned. She's getting better. Now, obviously, the way she reacts to an adverse situation and the way, you know, any of us would react are a little different. We can talk about how mentally tough this has been for her up to now, and that's a whole other discussion we can have. We cannot question the fact that she's gotten better over the last three or four races. And, you know, it's no different if she's in the truck than anybody else is in the truck. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Spencer Boyd. He's a friend of mine, and I'm certainly not. I'm only saying it was clearly his fault. 
I mean, either the spotter cleared him when he shouldn't have or Spencer cleared himself. And But either way, hashtag not clear. Right. So, you know, I am totally saying that she had every right in the world to uh, walk up and talk to him. And as I think Randy said, you know, Spencer's lucky that that was Natalie Decker and not somebody like Johnny Sauter because – I think he, he been something more than his hat might have gotten flipped in that situation. Well, here's the thing, because like Chris was saying, you know, people are, are not taking her seriously enough, and they're running over her on the racetrack. Right. So being somebody who used to race dirt cars, I know Blake still races, Tom, you used to race too. You yep. guys, you, we all know you have to make people listen to you. You yep. have to make yes. people pay attention to you. <clears throat> you have to make people go, I'm not going to take your crap. I'm going to wreck you if you try to wreck me. It's, right. a, it's you know, a two for two, whatever. So if, if she is getting frustrated because they are wrecking her or they're trying to take her out every week, then start being aggressive on the racetrack and, or at least being more aggressive on the racetrack and letting these guys know that I'm going to be one of you. I'm going to be just like one of, you, one of the guys instead of being a girl. Treat you me gotta. like a guy or another racer instead of like a girl. Yep. You got to be so. more aggressive, especially not to bring up the gender thing, but a lot of people, there's still a lot of people I don't think she's kind of tough enough to be around this. But right. we've seen this in the past, not to bring back old history buffing myself. First lady in NASCAR, Elise Smith out there running with people, getting bumped around. Junior Johnson comes up to her and says, see that point on the bumper? You hit him right there, and you can cut him a flip, and they'll take you seriously. She started doing that, and that's basically how she started running with everybody, well, too. So that's, you know, Natalie definitely needs to – I think she was she had every right to go up there and do what she did. And with that, we're going to step aside. We will talk Xfinity in the next segment. We'll get back to that because I want to talk about uh, Cole Custer and the big three right around the turn. You are listening to or watching Lead Lap, and we'll be right back. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 this is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children 
Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, look who it is. I was going to, yeah, no, that's awesome, because we delayed Cole Custer for a segment. Why do you think I brought up the fight? Cole Custer. Yeah. Yes. Why do, you think I, why do you think I prolonged the other segment? See, I kept us on track. Yeah, see, uh, Chris, Chris knows exactly what he's doing over there. Chris Murdoch <coughs> on the production, folks. And uh, we'll uh, resume lead lap by talking Xfinity and about Cole Custer, who I believe... And I'm going to see if these guys agree with me or not. They probably won't because they rarely do. I believe Cole Custer re-emphasized my belief from last week that he, in fact, is the guy that you got to go through if you're going to win the championship. The question becomes, Randy Miller, do you agree or disagree with Absolutely. me? Absolutely. And actually, I was going to say that if we hadn't talked about it, I feel like this is the, that win was Cole Custer's way of saying, my championship, come take it from me. Okay. Jacob, agree or disagree? Until Friday night, I would have disagreed. Friday night, however, and that performance, well, not even a performance, that. I, Domination. I, yeah. Spanking. I, I, I was going to. This well, I, I you by my computer card. I was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, they interrupted me. I was gonna, <laughs> but nobody was talking. But yeah, we interrupted. I think him. they corrupted you. Whatever. Your file is corrupted. Whatever. No, well, well, I, we boot you during I, the. Break. I, I was trying to debate whether I could say it, and I'm gonna be southern and say it because that, that was an ass kicking. Okay. Is what that was. There you can go. say that. Uh, yes, that 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 was that. And until the ass kicking that he put on the field there, I would not have said Cole Custer's the favorite. However, when Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell, after that race, say that they recognize Cole Custer is the championship favorite right now, I'm inclined to agree with them, just, just <clears throat> a little bit. That was total domination. It wasn't even close. I will be a little more PG. I will agree that was a genuine whooping, yes. But also, I feel like Christopher Bell is too, but I feel like Cole, out of everybody, is racing for a cup ride next year. I feel like he is the one that's possibly being looked at by cup teams. And we've talked about this. Who, Cole? In the yes. He's already got his cup team. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like with with contract situations coming up this winter, I feel like Cole is more determined to prove himself, get this championship, and move up next season. Chris? I disagree. I still <clears throat> think this championship goes through Tyler Reddick. He – He's being humble when he says he recognizes Cole Custer as the championship favorite. But I will tell you this. One person that should be scared, that 20 car of Christopher <coughs> Bell, because he's been sort of lackluster recently. I told you. And uh, he did not go on a sweep like somebody I was mean, predicting. I mean, he won a stage, I think, right? I think he won yes, the, but the if, you, if you flash back <coughs> to last year, these three races, he sweeped him. And he's swept. already swept. Swept. No, I like sweeped better. Let's go with that. <laughs> Listen here, Barney. Let's just sweep our grammar under the floor here. <laughs> I like sweeped better. It's like my seven-year-old. Listen company. here, Barney. <laughs> he sweeped him with your little lavender T-shirt. <laughs> <in the laughs> you know what? <laughs> Carrying mean shirt. Okay. 
yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't think there's any room for debate here at the moment. Reddick has cooled off a little bit. It's not to say that he still can't, isn't going to win another race or two or whatever, but um, right now I think this is Cole Custer's championship. For the moment, I think he's in control. He is the best car right now from week to week to week on every different type of track. Um, and I think it's amazing, honestly. I don't think any of these three winning the championship will change their fortune as to where they're going next year at all. I, I think, think it, in, I think it's in, an interesting time in the Xfinity series because the pre, the big three right now, as as it looks right now, have predestined cup rides. Reddick's going to RCR, you know, Bell's going to Gibbs, and you well, know, the, for the foreseeable future, say. Custer is is, is going to go to Stuart Haas. So I think this is, I mean, I don't think they're really fighting for cup rides because I think they all know where they're going. In in the in the future, yes. I don't believe that it's a lock that Bell goes to cup next year. I don't believe that it is a complete lock that Tyler Reddick goes to cup next year, though it appears that Richard Childress would like for that to happen. Um, but there's been no I'm just announcement in a big picture sense. In a big picture a sense, lot of that them was are, my are, point. Are is, predestined. Yeah, they they know, they know where, where they're, they're going. going. Yes, they just may not know when, and Custer may go through a satellite team, and then to Stuart Haas or whatever the deal. But mm-hmm. they know where they're going. So it is an interesting time because none of them really, I feel like, are auditioning. They're just flat-out racing for wins and a championship. And I think that's the good part about this season, Randy, because there's no pressure. They're just going out there and, you know, all right, well, we we know our plan. We've had our team meetings about our plan for the future. Now let's just go out there and knock off some wins and championships. I feel like after Friday night, Cole Custer's racing for a win. Everybody else is racing for a second because he pretty much just said, you know what? But (laughs) – but I don't see that happening every week. I no, mean, it's not an every week Obviously, they're going it's to. Not. You know, I, I do think that that Reddick will win another, you know, win more. And I think Chris Bell will win more. But, you know, everybody was talking about, oh, these next three tracks, Chris <laughs> Bell swept them last year. Well, that's last year. Now, this is a new year. Here's a question for the table. And I want to start with Barney. Um, do you see another winner <laughs> coming in? Uh, do you see another winner stepping up before the end of the regular season that's not the big three? I mean, you've got some tracks where I feel like it might be possible. I mean, there's still road course races on the table, and we all know that the road course races have, have garnered re- really weird winners the last few years. So it's possible. But, I mean, you, you st- those three, those top three guys are going to be hard to beat, but I feel like maybe, you know, Cindric or um, – um, who am I missing? Oh my lord! Um, Allgaier. Well, well, well I don't think J. I don't think Junior Motorsports is. I don't. Allgaier's not going to win. It, well, I, I hold on. You you uh, said you don't think Junior Motorsports. Hang on a second, <laughs> because there's going to be a driver in the eight that that's going well, yeah. going out there with nothing to lose well, at, at this point. Yes. At, it, no, it, it, for the road course, two of the road course races. Oh, I was thinking Junior at Darlington, too. No, Regan Smith. That's true. Um, You know, well, the question, I think, revolved around the road courses, and could that have any impact? And, yes, I absolutely think Regan Smith could come in and win. Now, I think Austin Cindric's the guy of the regulars. I I was going to say Regan doesn't apply, though, because he's not – that that doesn't affect the playoffs. Chase Briscoe well, is who I was thinking but about. But it could take a win, a chance to win away from one of the, the, the playoff contenders. Um, it took me but, 20 minutes, but, but I figured Cindric it out. But Cindric is huh. – 
I think, the guy that you look at that could steal the show on a road course because that's kind of his forte. And if we could get Kaz Grala on a road course in that 21 car, I think Kaz another one that could, but I don't know what's on his schedule also, for the rest of the year after Loudon. He's I agree right, yeah. with I agree I'm excited with, to see him run Loudon. I yeah. agree with Cendric on the road course, but I'm also going to put in a dude who's got more momentum than anybody, and I feel like Colleague Racing is on a step up. I put Justin Haley in a conversation of possibly getting a win by oh, the end of the year, too. See, Justin's a good road course racer, too, and I hadn't thought about is, that. Is Herbst in the 18 for some of the road courses? Because he runs a lot of Trans Am stuff. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what the schedule for that is. We'll have to look at that. But, yeah, the road courses are always good to shake things up in the Xfinity series. Like and Jeremy think, Clements we've seen yeah, perfectly. I mean, that's a, that's a good example. I just I think this year has been fun in Xfinity for exactly the reason that, that you know, we all, we all have pointed out. There's really no – it's not like we're auditioning anything. We're just going out – and this is a classic battle between really, really talented young racers – who are just going out every week trying to win the championship. They're not worried about next year. Um, it, this has no effect on their future. Their future is already predestined. So I, I think it's great. And but I, doesn't uh, that make them better, though, in the long yes. run? I mean, because yes. when you're talking about guys who are out there trying to audition for rides, it, makes, it puts them under so much pressure because they know they have to go out and win. But right. these three guys know that they're going to go to Cup at some point, whether it's next year or 2021 or whatever then they're going out there and they're basically just having fun. Like, where does that, I mean, not necessarily having fun, but they're out well, there not with the pressure of going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do, so now I can go out there and just concentrate on getting the wins and winning the championship. And I also think the another interesting thing to add to this, Tom, is yeah. that Christopher Bell signed with Joe Gibbs next year, but he and the people inside are the only r- r- ones that really know where he's going. Well, this is what I was saying. So you know, we don't know that Chris mm-hmm. Bell for sure is going to cup next year. That, that has not been determined, and I'm not convinced that that's necessarily going to happen at this point. Um, however, um, he knows that he's with Gibbs as long as he wants to be in the family. He's going to get there. If he's patient enough to run another year, maybe two in Xfinity, perhaps. Um, and, you know, that that's what he decides to do. Then he'll he'll get to cup it at Gibbs car eventually. Um, the I, other two guys have their teams also already predestined. And for that matter, so does Austin Sindrick. Um, and, and for me, with the whole Bell organization, there are only a few teams that aren't gives that he would actually look at because he he still wants to drive the dirt car. He still wants to go run Chili right. Bowl every year. Well, <laughs> I just don't see how you if you knew if you in the in the back of your mind if you're thinking I'm going to be with Joe Gibbs Racing long term, why would you only sign a one year contract? Because I, I feel like don't, they don't know what he's going to do yet. Well, this, year. this is I I this is why I say I'm not convinced he's in, he's going to run in, in Cup because. He signed a one-year deal, and I think because he really sold to Bob Pockris how much he loves running Xfinity, is happy to be in Xfinity, loves the package, cars are fun to drive, all that. He was doing a really good job of convincing either Bob Pockris or himself, or maybe both, that the Xfinity series is okay if that's where they want to keep him for another season. Um, And so... I think this is a wild card, and I'm going to tell you another wild card that has nothing to do with Toyota but could play into the whole sort of young driver and development and where drivers go. 
it came out over the weekend that Paul Menard may retire after 2020, which would open up the Wood Brothers car again. And, and something tells me that Ford, who has been real quiet in this whole sort of driver development thing other than Briscoe, um, Ford may make a play for some folks. And because they're going to have some room to move in place and do all of that um, starting, you know, next year or the year after. So if Menard retires after 2020, there's only one driver that's going in that spot. Paging Austin Sendrick. Well, see, I don't, you Him know, he may, Custer? he may, but he's going to be short lived because Austin's not going to stay there long. Austin's going over to, to uh, the, the big organization at some point. Um, I would Roger guess maybe want, in the two. Roger doesn't want to run. Well, Brad, you know, Brad's still relatively young. He's not retiring anytime soon. And Roger has said expressly he doesn't want to run four cars in house. Well, um, then it'll be interesting to see what happens because I can't see um, any more than I can see Custer being in a satellite car very long. I can't see Austin Sindrick being in a satellite car for long, maybe a year or two, but. It's just interesting because Ford has been the quiet one up to now, and they don't really have a lot of drivers. Somewhere along the way, uh, Ford's going to start making a play, I think, for some of these drivers that are up in other people's pipelines. So it's going to get interesting to see where that goes. We're going to uh, step aside, and when we come back, we'll talk Cup because we did have a battle royal on the track between two brothers and one of them wasn't too happy after the race. Can you guess which one? We'll tell you about it right after this on Lead Lap. We'll continue. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. 
Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. I'm NASCAR driver William Byron. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to League Lap Radio and TV. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman. We've got Blake Harris over there, Randy Miller next to me on my left, and uh, Chris Murdoch over in the uh, tech shed punching all the buttons to keep us on both platforms, both uh, twitch.tv and also PMN radio and we continue with our second hour i'll tell you another quick story i was up in new york over the weekend to go to oswego speedway for the first time to watch the supermodifieds run this year but i ended up uh getting an opportunity to go to utica rome speedway the night before on friday to watch uh the uh tony stewart's sprint car series the uh all-stars and all-star circuit of champions and tony was racing and of course he was. So mm-hmm. here's the story. So d- they <clears throat> they draw they they come out on the front stretch to draw for the dash. Mm-hmm. Dale Blaney draws number eight, worst number you could possibly draw. He, so he's going to start at the tail. Mm-hmm. Tony's next up to draw. So Tony thought it would be funny if he had Dale draw for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Dale reaches into the little bag to pull out the number. What do you think he pulls? Paul. Seven. One. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, you know, Dale throws it on the ground, just pretending that he's mad. And Tony jumps right in his arms. Gives him a yeah. bag. <laughs> the crowd was laughing. Um, That's awesome. And Tony just ran away with the dash. Ended up, uh, ended up finishing third or finishing second in the, in the feature. Um, that was, uh, well. Behind Aaron Reitzel. At this point right now well, in all... Pretzel, as a couple of people actually called him the other night. A.A. Ron. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Pretzel. Can you imagine? R-E-U-T-Z-E-L. Sounds like something you can get off and of this for pretzel. sweets. I mean, like, come it's on, people. Joke. It's like, a fantastic No, it, was, it actually was. There, there was actually one media up there that wrote the story. Oh <laughs> it was gosh. actually really Aaron I, Pretzel. I, I, I can't. Um, and by the way, one of, wow. one of our friends, Justin Peck, Really strong third place run. Well, I I said when he hooked up with Pete Grove that 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 pairing was going to be dangerous, yep. and they're you know they're starting to gel. They believe it's going to take a few weeks, probably till after the nationals, before they're comfortable, you know, enough. But boy, he looked okay there. the other yeah. day. <laughs> no, Utica Rome's a good place though for him. It's it's kind of, the style of racing it takes there really f- suits Justin. I felt like I was watching watching that race on the pay per view the other night, and it was it was cool to see him run well. Uh, my response to Tony running second at Utica Rome is at this point in all-star circuit of champions competition running second to Aaron Reitzel is basically like running to second running second to Kyle Busch in an Xfinity race yeah. you're you are best in class because there's nobody beating Aaron Reitzel right now and I will tell you that Tony was having more fun the other night he is just loving doing the sprint car thing of course he is it is a completely different Tony Stewart um you know, and, and just uh, and they, they put on a great show. It was a really good race. I want to thank uh, Bill Shea and the staff at Utica Rome for welcoming me on Friday night. That was a lot of fun. It was the first time I've been to Utica Rome in a couple of years. And um, first time I've ever seen the all-star uh, Ollie's uh, all-star circuit of 
Circuit of Circuit of Champions. Always, you Always know this better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, longest series name in sprint car racing yeah. right Let's now. Get the dirt History. <laughs> the Ollie's Bargain Outlet All Star Circuit of Champions presented go. by Mobile One. Blake Anderson, eat your heart out. There you go. I can well, do it right. What he said. Anyways, it was the first <laughs> time seeing that series for me, and they really put on the game, and they just destroyed the track record. Of I mean, course it, they did. It, 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 the, you the, expected any less? The track record was yeah. set in like 2012, and the All-Stars have been there twice, but never under Bill Shea's ownership. So this was the first time back, and they mm. were already talking about next year uh, before yeah. I left on Friday. So I'm That's excited. to. Hopefully about. I'll get to go back again. That was fun. Um, anyway, uh, Cup Series. So we had a battle between two brothers. And you know what? I think everybody in NASCAR had been waiting for this to happen for so long since the All-Star deal mm -hmm. in Charlotte where they ended up, you know, lacking. I've, well, I've, um, I've been waiting for it to happen since Bristol earlier this year. Well, yeah. I mean, since Bristol, but I, but I feel like, even Bristol wasn't necessarily the same, you know, as as this per se. Kurt said he was going to wreck him at Bristol. Well, yeah, so but he just couldn't get there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This actually came down to the two of them, and I'm shocked it took all these years to make it happen. But um, Kurt was not going to be denied, and it was so cool to see him win that race and to see him light up. Literally, I mean, he was here's a guy who who signed um, with Ganassi this year. And I think everybody thought and even I think Kurt thought that it could be one and done. Um, Not anymore. But, you know, but he came out of the box strong and the team has basically done this all year long. You know, Matt McCall, they've been getting better, getting better, getting better, getting better. And had a couple of chances to win. Obviously, Daytona was a good motivator mm -hmm. because they could have won that race um, and made the decision to pit because, you know, NASCAR said one to go and then lightning struck and we all know that deal. So this was an opportunity, guys, for Kurt Busch to prove a point. And he got to Kyle and he did not wreck him. No. But they ran each other really, really hard. And afterward, Kurt was ecstatic and Kyle was Kyle. I loved it. As soon as they lined up for the last restart and Kurt was sitting fourth, you know, second row outside, I said, I looked at my TV screen and I said, Kurt Busch is going to win this race yeah. because the momentum on the outside combined with a hot-headed Kurt Busch and a driver who was motivated from a win that should have been his and wasn't, yeah, that was a recipe for Get out of my way. I'm coming through. Okay. So Wait, did your TV screen respond? I'm no, just curious. Oh, okay. it didn't. Oh, Mike Joy didn't talk to you back? It, technically, it, oh, no. technically it did because he went to run the race. That's true. Mike Joy was enjoying a beer in front of his TV set probably <laughs> yes. uh, with DW. Um, okay. So here's my question to go around the table with. Randy, does with this win, is Kurt Busch now a legitimate threat to go all the way to Homestead and win the championship? Yes or no? No, uh, not not to be not to not to go all the way to Homestead. He obviously, I feel like he was a threat to be at least make the playoffs. He already did that now, but I, I still think he still has a high mountain to climb in order to get around the the JGR cars. So I don't think he's a threat to make it into the final four quite yet. But if he keeps putting on performances like he put on 
Saturday night, then we might be talking about a, another different situation in a couple of weeks. Jacob, yes or no? Hell yes, he's a threat. You know, and two reasons. Number one. <laughs> I think that's like a stronger version of yes. <laughs> number one. He's violent tonight. Yes on steroids? <laughs> yes. yes. Well, number Yes plus? <laughs> yes. Okay, can I finish now? Our grammar no. is being swept <laughs> under the floor here today. <laughs> number one. So is his attitude. <laughs> Number it's like one. a computer. Jacob's, you know, rebooting <laughs> is just spreading. No, I'm not rebooting. I just can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Jacob. They gave him an upgrade, too, a lot more RAM and stuff, too. But, right, okay, go Jacob, go ahead. Number one. That's it. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Segment's over. Kurt, Time's up. Okay. Kurt, Kurt, Bush hey, is fire, Kurt Bush is fired up at this point. Yeah. Because I And I believe that team is peaking at the right time. You know, they're, they're starting to hit their stride right now. And I do believe, like you said, they're on an upward trajectory, and it's going to keep going up. But number two, look at the last three races. Look at what manufacturer has been in victory lane each of the last three races, Chicago, Daytona, Kentucky, Bowtie Brigade. Chevrolet has finally, I think, gotten their arms around A, the package, and B, the Camaro. It's taken them a year and a half, but I believe they're there. I don't believe this is over, and I believe that Chevrolet is going to have a lot to say as we get closer to these playoffs, and Kurt Busch's win on Saturday night was just the beginning. I'm surprised you didn't forget your thought with all the interruptions we gave you. <laughs> Blake... I like that Chevy's doing better. They might be a threat in the playoffs, but I don't think Kurt Busch is there right now. I don't think Kurt Busch is going to Homestead in the championship picture. I also feel like my favorite that I picked earlier this year is still the favorite. I actually pick his brother, Kyle Busch. Them Joe Gibbs cars have been strong all year. I don't think Chevy. Penske might put up a run, but I don't think nobody's touching Martin Truex hmm. or Kyle Busch going into Homestead. Murdoch? Uh, yes or no? Right manufacturer, wrong driver. The, the guy you should really be watching out for is a guy who has you come on strong in, in the back half of the season, and he showed a lot of poise in the first half of the season. The driver you should watch out for, yes, he drives a Chevy. No, he's not Kirsch, Kurt Busch. It's Alex Bowman. I, okay, I well, that's that, another yeah. question. But, but th to, to, to stay on topic for Kurt Busch, I absolutely believe Kurt Busch is a threat to Thank win the championship. You. In fact, I would almost dare say that of all the drivers right now that we all talk about, you, the Gibbs cars, the Penske cars, Kurt Busch has been doggone near the most consistent all year long. I mean, look, Kurt Busch is fired up. The last time Kurt Busch got this fired up, he won the championship. You're and gonna you're gonna say Kurt Busch is the most consistent driver against the guy who literally finished second three weeks in a row. Look at Alex. I agree. Yes, but Alex Bowman has not always been that good, and I'm not saying Bowman won't get to Homestead. I'm only saying that to discount Kurt Busch as as much speed as he's had in that car all season long, and the fact that now they've won a race, so they know they can do it. Kurt Busch could be the driver that comes out of the second half of the season and gets on the run to push himself into the playoffs in very yes. good position. And I'm and the reason I, I say that is because Stuart Haas right now showing nothing, zero, nothing. I wonder if, if any of those cars honestly are going to win 
And if they're going to win, they're not going to win much. There, is, there aren't that many races left before the right. playoffs. No momentum there. Hendrick, I feel like they're coming. Bowman is the one that stands out to me. I think Byron will win a race, but maybe Johnson. But I, but I don't feel like that's, that team, that whole group yet. So I think Kurt Busch comes out of the pack where you've got one team, and you said it, and it's Toyota, that they really got to watch for, and maybe Joey Logano. I'm not, I'm not on the Keselowski bandwagon here yet. Um, I think Kurt Busch could be a real surprise down the stretch here. There's no track he's not good at. Before I go on about Kurt Busch being fired up, my favorite thing of the weekend was save that. We got to take a break. We'll uh, we'll get get to it in the next segment and start with it. Back with his favorite thing of the weekend and a lot more right after this on League Lab. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Lead Lap as we continue with our motorsports conversation. We've been talking cup, um, but I want to give Blake an opportunity to talk about his favorite thing of the weekend and 
we can all go around the table with that because that again that was going to be a lightning round question but um people keep since, ruining it so, yes yeah, so, 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 that's cool that's all right we're uh I don't mind where we put things in the show as long as we're rolling here. So, Blake, go ahead and start us off. I loved what they did after the race. Him and the crew all riding on the car together to victory lane. Kind of like something Davey Allison used to do, and especially it being 26 years on the day that when Davey passed away. I feel like that was kind of a tribute to Davey of what they did, and I absolutely loved it. It was. It was a great moment. Um, okay. Now, the rule here is favorite thing of the weekend can be anything from any series or track at all oh wow jacob <laughs> if you don't go where i think you're going i'll be shocked um somebody needs a reboot <laughs> no oh. I, when he opened it up to any series it kind of made me stop because it's like okay. I, I wish he'd clarify uh, while that. jacob yeah. while jacob is getting his brain together yeah, i'm gonna do what he would have done if he had thought about this well i guess he has been thinking about it my favorite thing of this weekend was seeing robert wickens back out on the track at toronto in the pace car hand controls the crowd went nuts he was just electric. I mean, you know, he was getting that thing around. He really wanted, I think he wanted to take a lap and race trim. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, it just was a great feel-good story. And we'll get to the IndyCar race in a moment. But I just thought, to me, my favorite thing of the weekend was seeing that happen because yeah. it really shows you how far he's come in his recovery. And it gives us hope that maybe someday perhaps he might be able to walk again and get back into you know get can, back can, into can we a car just marvel again. for a minute by the way at the technological genius of the folks at aero electronics yes to, to outfit Absolutely. that nsx that accurate nsx that was with, incredible with the hand controls that he used i mean yeah. that that i actually i did get to see um i think during pre-race it was either pre-race or maybe the day before when they were talking to him about it um they actually got to show a glimpse of the the actual mechanisms inside the yep. car that he used and it was badass i think is an understatement just of how they had it wired for him to be able to to do what he did and yes he wanted so badly mm. to to turn it loose i think at toronto too in front of his, in front of his home fans well no less they Very. asked him before he went out if he was gonna you know go fast or just and he said well it depends on what my passenger wants to do. <laughs> Which, by the can, way, his passenger was his, his fiance. His fiance. So, can yeah. we marvel yeah. at his command to drivers who will futurally be driving for me start Yeah, your exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It was great. Um, so that's uh, my hey, favorite thing. Yeah, Go ahead. Th that, and there's nothing that's going to top that. My, my brain didn't immediately jump to that because I was thinking races on the racetrack um, as opposed to guy oh, pacing the race. Okay. But, yes, that, that wins everything for me. But as far as racing on the racetrack, my favorite thing this weekend, and <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, came from Formula One. Oh, boy. Can you believe that? Oh, only the greatest oh, on, on track. track. Okay, uh, only was, the okay. greatest on track yeah. battle Formula One has seen in the last yeah. decade. Charles Leclerc versus Max Verstappen for about 25 laps yeah. in that race was the most epic clash of the young titans thing I've seen. My God, those two are going to be something can, fantastic. Can we, can we say 
Young Titans. Okay. Yes. Haven't I been saying for how many years on these shows, F1 needs more youth? And there you go. The aggress- I mean, Leclerc's defense versus Verstappen's offense. Yep. And, you know, Max tried every trick in the book to get by him and for the longest time could not do it. It took strategy between the Red Bull teammates and Leclerc getting hosed by Ferrari's pit strategy for Max to ultimately Shocking. end up ahead of him. But yet at the end of the day, Leclerc still ends up back on yeah. the podium, yeah. which for me was poetic justice because Charles deserved a podium in that race. Um, I know we were going to get to this eventually. Lewis Hamilton should not have won that race, but God bless him for catching a caution. You can't, I, I, you can't fault him for that. It. I mean, that was, you know, he he was hoping for a wreck, and Antonio Giovinazzi wrecked and handed him a race on a silver platter. Sure did. And now the conversation about race wins starts because he's up to 80 now, and that Schumacher Again, threshold. what did I say? That Schumacher threshold gets closer and closer and closer now. What did I say? He's not going to lose a race the rest of the year. I'm telling you. But not he did lose happen. last week yes, to Max. Yes, he did. Yes. A Verstappen couple years ago, I feel like a couple years ago, before he really started his hot streak, I was thinking Vettel might be up there. But now it's no, kind of it's Lewis. when yeah. he was driving for Lewis Red Bull. Is, and, and look, I, as far as I'm concerned, he deserves all the accolades he gets. He's a great driver. Okay, Randy, favorite thing of the weekend? Uh, I'm going to say the cup race. Uh, more specifically, the fact that, Eric Jones finished third, which is he needed a that he needed a really good win, a really good run that was a boost in order to to get the momentum that he needs because right now of course he's the lowest guy on the totem pole over there, but just the entire way that that whole last you know overtime finish played out with the Bush brothers and Eric Jones being third, that's what every NASCAR fan wants is the excitement, yes. the drama, the not yes. knowing who was going to win and the, uh, I, I, if you came out of that weekend not being a fan of that then I, why are you even watching motorsports? I would Amen. submit that that was the greatest race overall of the entire season oh, so yeah. far. I'd like to have on track there, too, just for my good friend. Quickly. And we'll get Trent to Ivey, good friend of mine. Second yes. ever Super Win, winning $10,000 holding off Brandon Overton at his home track, Cherokee Speedway, last night the Southern Nationals race at Cherokee Speedway. Good run. Good run for Trent, yes. Uh, and we're going to talk to you about uh, local dirt stuff here in a moment. Uh I, I think that if if there were to be a, a second... Okay, since you went over me. I, I'm, <laughs> I didn't go over you. I he wanted, thought about coming to you, and then he's like, was, yeah. he was leading to the I want to get this in before I throw it to you, because if I don't, then I probably won't, because I've got something else for the next segment. If I could have a second greatest thing, Joe Gozik winning the Supermodified feature to Swiggo. 40 years he's been racing there, 62 years old, still getting it done with kids half his age, for crying out loud, and wins it for his friend Bobby Smith, who, was, uh, who w- passed away uh, between his last win and this one, uh, dedicated the win to Smitty. Smitty's son works on Joe's pit crew. Um, just a, a huge and very, very popular win for Double O Joe Gozik at the Swiggo. Chris Murdoch, your favorite thing of the weekend. There's hope for us all. Yes. Uh, Not for me. Stone Cold. Say again? Stone Cold. Stone Cold? Oh, 
I see what you I did see there. What you did. Yeah. Stur- and he took a dive off the. the oh, okay. The, the yeah. Door. If I Someone could, please if I explain to a, me what this is here. Yes. If I could have a second, <laughs> I can't believe you went I, no. I know it, 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 if I could have a second favorite thing, just yes. for the humor, just for the humor in it, Cole Custer falling off his car in victory lane and landing smack on his butt. By was, smashing beers together. Oh, okay. I missed <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. I heard Stone Cold. I'm like, did, I seen yeah. this area. He got excited for a second. He's like, wait a minute. I don't even know. I seen this Area 51 meme. That's all I seen out of Stone <laughs> yeah. Cold this weekend. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Great, he, great smashed, great he smashed the, the bush cans in, in, I love uh, it. Uh, uh, in Victory Lane and then lost his balance and fell when off. I won the race, he fell on his ass. My by the first way. win. I, like I remember when I was little, running young guns. I was like 14. I was a wrestling fan. I had two waters. I did that in Victory Lane, I guess, because I was. Did you fall on your butt? No, okay. Okay. I was standing head. dead center in the roof. So. He fell on his head. This, so by the way, is the second time that, that Cole Custer slipped at victory lane. After he won his first race at Homestead, he ended up he, – he was up on top of the car and fell, slid down. Um, but he didn't actually fall off the car. He but right. if you're going to think fall, oh, yeah, he fell off won. the car this time. You yeah. think after the amount of races he's won, he'd get the the footing down at some point? He's only won seven. seven of them. As many as Austin Dillon has won. me falling off the car to say, okay, I'm not doing that again. But as many as Austin Dillon's won, he still hasn't got the grass slide down. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> if you're going to fall on your butt anywhere on a racetrack, I'd rather do it in Victory Lane. Uh, well, that's I mean, a good point. Yeah. That was uh, that was that was fun, and and again, I think I think Cole is another one of these drivers that is sort of snuck up on people. I feel like he's getting yeah. more and more popular. He's getting more and more fans as he goes in the Xfinity series, and it comes back to what we've talked about in the past that some of these kids get to the national series before they have a bona fide fan base built up, and it takes a couple three years for for the fans at the national level to kind of get used to them and get to know them a little bit. And I feel like Custer's a guy with a, a bigger sort of personality who, you know, is sort of the, I don't want to say hell raising, but he's kind of that type of an individual that, um, that I feel like will fit the, you know, the Kevin Harvick or whoever he's, you know, so I think Custer's got a good career ahead of him here. And I think he's showing yes. it this year in the Xfinity series that he uh, is a force to be reckoned with. And depending on what happens next year in cup, if he does go to cup and it's with a satellite team, then it'll be probably a learning year for him. And, and um, we'll, we'll be watching him kind of under the radar a little bit. If he ends up at in a Stuart Haas car by whatever situation that would develop to put him there, then I think he becomes a threat almost immediately. So we'll just have to see, what happens we're going to step aside one more time when we come back we're going to talk some dirt with this guy blake harris on the local side here in the carolinas and we've still got a lightning round to go so don't go anywhere league lap will continue presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, 
BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Riley Herbst, and you're listening to Race Talk on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back. To Lap Radio and TV. We are live on the Race Chaser Media Twitch.tv channel. We are also live on the radio side on the uh, Performance Motorsports Network. That is the PMN radio app. And in addition to our main sponsor, HMS Motorsport, uh, the leaders in motorsport safety, we also have two other sponsors that are really uh, prominent members of our motorsports family here. Uh, we just want to give a nod to mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. If you are looking for a career change or something different to do, IT might be that uh, career change that you need. You can just go to their website, mycomputercareer.edu, take a free career evaluation test. If IT appears that uh, it's something that you'd like to do, then there is financial aid available if you qualify, including the GI Bill. You can do it either online or at one of their seven campuses across 
the country. Uh, not even have to do it full time. You can do it a few days a week. And in as little as four months, you could be ready for one of the many, many, many open positions that exist right now for IT and cybersecurity. And yes, my computer career does have job placement available. They work with hundreds of employers to try and get you placed. So uh, they are the real deal. My computer career. And we also want to thank Chip Lofton and the folks from strutmasters.com. And we're going to tell you more about them here in a little bit. But uh, right now, um, I want to talk some dirt track. We don't get to do that a whole lot on the show. We're going to start doing more of it. We have Blake Harris, who uh, is the host of the Southeastern Race Review, very popular show here in the Carolinas region. Blake, I'm curious, what it, wh- how do you feel about the state of dirt track racing here in the region? Because we know that it seems like on the pavement side, you know, there's a there's kind of a lot of turmoil that's gone on the last year or two with car counts and rules <clears throat> and all of that, especially in the late models. <clears throat> what is happening on the dirt side? I feel like there's some good things and maybe, you know, some not so good things. Well, we have the same thing like you're talking about we have the rules turmoils and the car counts going down that's just because the cost of the sport kind of yeah. grows and the new generation ain't really interest interested interested <laughs> somebody else need to reboot computercareer.edu ladies and gentlemen two people to reboot now that's a raise for somebody who wants yes. a new career i also feel like it's not really in too bad of a state though because all the local tracks I went to this weekend, of course, Friendship, we had our first race under new ownership new on Friday. Yep. I announced that. The stands were crowded. We had 80 cars for the first time around on awesome. Fridays. So I also feel like East Lincoln on Saturday had a good bit. Both having new surfaces. They both laid clay down the past week, so I feel like they were both oh, good okay. racing. And, of course, last night at Cherokee, they had the $10,000 win Southern Nationals Series race to series coming around the southeast here in the next two weeks with super late mile race, of course. I was going to say, you got to explain. And, of course, North Carolina's own Ray Cook is promoter of that series, yep. former dirt late mile racer himself. Trent Ivey, the, a guy who started out through the ranks at Cherokee Speedway running Young Guns, former track champion in crate late miles. Guy He's has, a good young racer. Had his second ever super late mile win and his highest paying win ever, $10,000 last night. 53 laps holding off a hot shoe around the Carolinas, and basically all the country in Super Late Models, Brandon Overton. So it was graciously, greatly a good win. I am stuttering like crazy, folks. Got to hang with me here. But it was a great time. Slow down. Basically everybody from the pit area. I was from here to about the wall over there with from Trench Car and all the people swarming him. You couldn't even see any spot on the car. We had to get everybody moved so we could climb out of the car. It was just a great thing to have them. But See, all the I love local, seeing that. All the support classes, all your local classes, was really good this weekend, put on some great racing. So I feel like, yes, it's down from how it was, say, in the 90s, early 2000s, but I wouldn't say it's too bad off. I still say it is doing pretty decent. That's good. I like seeing that. I, I feel like, and it's good to see uh, Friendship Under New Ownership because that's a track that's had some issues. Um you know, and, and it's never a good idea or it's never fun to see a track close. It's really good to see one reopen, friendship reopen. We had a track up in New York State that had been closed for about 30 years that just uh, ran a race this past week as well, a dirt track. Um, I feel like the dirt tracks are starting to sort of catch fire again um, because it, it seems like there's more options on dirt that are you know more choices that are sort of economical 
in comparison, of course, nothing's cheap to race anymore except maybe a U-car. But, um, you know, the in, in comparison, I feel like um, some of the late model series are doing pretty well. We got a modified series or two that seems to be, you know, it's it's it, sometimes I feel like there's too many series and it gets confusing <clears throat> and just splits the car count on the dirt side. You know, everybody who's running their own late model series or crate late model series or whatever. I think sometimes there's too many, but. You know, I do feel like that the tracks themselves, it seems like the, the the crowds and such are starting to to really come back with some of the tracks. Is that what you're seeing? Yes, they're starting to come back. But also, yes, we're talking about NASCAR's uh, tennis kind of decline. But there's also a dirt influence kind of heading up in there. That's kind of you've seen kind of kind of spark back up here recently. And this season, you've had Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, Tony Stewart, Casey Kane all coming from that dirt track influence, and especially like you were talking about, Tony Stewart coming back to the dirt tracks this Friday night brought a good bit of fans out. They loved it. It's kind of that influence now with all these big names coming back to their roots at the dirt tracks that are really getting the fans back interested. And especially in a couple weeks, NASCAR is going to be – dirt's going to be live stream or mainstream at Eldora with the truck. So I feel like dirt is kind of making a resurgence – um, trying to reel themselves in yeah. with NASCAR and the bigger stuff. Um, and, and by the way, can we can we can we send some props to NBC as well for their grassroots oh, yes. racing campaign? Yes. I mean, I think that is awesome because to be able to give just moments of exposure for some of these tracks and drivers. I mean, I, I guess they had. Uh, they had a little segment on the Swiggo and the Super Modifieds last week um, and showed Michael Barnes and Victory Lane from last week's feature, you know, <laughs> and talking about that, those kinds of uh, divisions and all of that on in, in front of a national audience. We need that. We need for NASCAR to get to back to where it it influences all the way down to the short track level. And I I feel like we're slowly starting to see that. But I love that NBC, as I guess a network, if you want to say, with the motorsports side of things, I love that they have committed to doing this <clears throat> this grassroots thing every week, and you know, and and highlighting some of the short track stuff and giving the tracks a way to be a to be a part of that. Because sometimes all it can take is just you know one person seeing that, go, oh, I want to go see that, and the next thing you know, they're a sponsor or whatever. So. Um, that's how we grow the interest again from the ground up. And I love that NBC Sports and is they, doing that. And they didn't start small either. 500 tracks they've a part of now, including some around here. Cherokee did Sunday, us at East Lincoln. That announced how Saturday nice. nights have it as well. So uh, I know a lot of other tracks have it around here, especially in the Carolinas. 500 tracks, whether it be asphalt or dirt, they're kind of coming back to that grassroots racing, and especially how NASCAR tried to do. I didn't say do touch a great job of it, the NASCAR home tracks thing. They did a while back trying to talk to drivers about where they're from and all that. I feel like taking it back to the roots yeah. and how NASCAR got started, how these drivers got started, is a great way to get the local fan back up into the I product. know, too. That, like I, I know Chicagoland is working with, I think it's Grundy County, in a in a mm -hmm. lot of cross promotion, New Hampshire Motor Speedway is doing cross promotion a lot of the tracks up there. Um, you know, again, that's what we need. We need for it to become all one sport again, and we need for the big things 
to lift up the small things so that everybody gets a little more publicity, and I think that's great. Of course, I like what they did last year. I, Jacob, you might help me. Was it the Brickyard or Indy 500? They did the Brian Clawson race with the midgets in the That infield. was the 400. That was yes, during. that was. I loved how they had the Are midgets. They doing again? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love how they do that in the infield, kind of bring the dirt drivers yeah. to the big stage of Indianapolis when the big cup race is there as well. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, that's this is more what motorsports needs to be in the modern age, and there's all kinds of technology and platforms to do these sorts of things. And like I said, bravo to NBC, because when they first did that, I was a little confused what it was they were trying to accomplish with it. But once I realized it was an effort to just highlight, you know, and as you say, now everybody at East Lincoln's going to be paying attention to see if they get a mention. You know, that's, Absolutely. you know, so it brings new fans back into, because look, they think we're okay to be, you know, given 30 seconds of fame on, on NBC Sports or whatever. And I know there's a lot of people in the indie world up there that are really trying to push for a, a triple header putting the dirt, the Indy car, and the cup on the same weekend. Wow. I don't know I how like you would it, do but that. it would be a cluster. Um, I mean, at, at the Brickyard, I don't know. I mean, maybe I think they're, I think in the brickyard. they're wanting to do the, the Indy Grand Prix and the Brickyard in the same weekend. See, I would be all for that because I hate the Grand Prix being before the 500. But And I think that would be the only way you could do it because you couldn't run both on the oval. So you'd have to, yeah. you'd have, to have a separate. But that would be interesting. Now, that to me would make the 4th of July at the Brickyard worth having on that date if you put the Indy uh grand prix in there because now you've and got you put the dirt track in there right you now you've got a, a a motorsports buffet so to speak and i think that could uh could be something interesting to pay attention i still to. don't like they mess with tradition at daytona though they tried that at darlington and it didn't work i still feel like they See, i don't think it's tradition. gonna be i don't think it's gonna be a big deal at all i i again people are gonna go to daytona whenever it's running that's gonna be uh, that race being the final race of the regular season is going to be awesome next year because it's it's like scrambling eggs you never know what that's gonna do to the uh to the playoff picture and that's exactly the way nascar wanted it so i think it's gonna be great we're going to step aside when we come back the lightning round and uh, we'll talk some indycar to start that off because i got a question for the panel and you're listening to or watching lead lap and we shall be right back when do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. 
I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Hang, hang on a minute. Are we sure that was Jesse Love and, not, was, and not Danny Sullivan? I do want to point out for the people on the video, everybody was ready to come back from break except Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was still enjoying the music. I, 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 my my that, point stands, though. Jesse Love pulled a Danny Sullivan. Jesse Love did pull a Danny Sullivan. If um, you want a visual about what just happened, think about William Byron and jumping the restart or whatever he tried to do on Saturday night. Jesse, I didn't Jesse Love restart. was also the youngest person I, to win the, uh, the Gerhardt Classic. He was. Yes, he was. I, I was talking about he spun and then he won. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he spun and turned around won the thing in uh, – in the midget, and really, I mean, that was that's a huge win for it him is. at this stage of his career, and with with all of the rainouts that he's had, and yeah. some of the bad luck he's had, and uh, some of the divisions that he's been racing in this year, for him to go out and put that thing in victory lane against some of the best there is in that form of racing, I really think is a confidence boost for the rest of the season. Because now Jesse is reminded, hey, I can, you know, go out and win. I think he, you won't, it won't be too long before we see him win a power I race. Can, can I make it an additional point to give, uh, I, I'm going to throw a gratuitous plug here that's more for Jesse's sake than it is for mine. Uh, over the past week or so, because before he went and ran the, mi- the pavement midget at Madeira on Saturday night, he ran five, str- well, five races in six nights in the dirt sprint car up in uh, Northern California and Oregon and doggone nearly got a win the night before on Friday night at Cottage Grove. And for those who don't know Jesse, you need to get to know Jesse. He's been doing a, uh, a diary series to kind of let fans inside his head a little bit through sprint car and midget.com. Just 
spell it out. It's it's pretty simple, I promise. <laughs> I think we got yeah. it. Um, so and it's it's a really cool deal. I've gotten to talk to him a little bit and getting inside his head after the Gearhart Classic win on Saturday night. That piece actually just went up today. Uh, it's a really good read and he's just, a, just a fun deal. He's a good racer, and you know, again, if you're wondering who he is, JesseLoveRacing.com. Um, he is arguably the next Christopher Bell. Um, that's kind of the the trajectory that he's following, and he loves the open wheel stuff, just like Chris Chris does, and uh, running for Keith Coons and several other top car owners in different series right now at 14 years old and and doing a lot of things that most 14 year olds just simply couldn't do. So Mike Nake, Harley Van Dyke, Keith Coons, Chris oh. Van Dyne. I mean, that's Trace Van Dyne. Or Trace, we're gonna get Chris. Trace Van Dyne. Yeah, um, you're looking at Chris. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's yeah, how that works. Some reason I'm thinking about Christopher Bell. There's there's a Chris Van Dyne somewhere in my my life that that just went. I just went there. But um, anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's really gonna be an interesting second half of the summer, I think, for Jesse uh, because he's now with this win. It again, it just elevates that. Right. And, and yes, and more. yes, it was in the midget on pavement and not dirt, but it's a confidence booster well, all that's, the same. Well, it's a big race. Yes. It doesn't matter what it was. It's a big race, and he's had a lot of near misses this year. He has, yeah. That he, you know, he could have won, and, and uh, so good deal for Jesse. Okay, lightning round IndyCar, which Jesse would love to race someday. Yes. Um, okay, so yes or no. With the win at Toronto, is uh, Pagano, Simon Pagano, a serious contender for the championship of the IndyCar series this year? There's another reboot. <laughs> no. If he keeps his I, foot on the throttle, absolutely he's a threat. But he cannot have this win and then fall off the map for two or three weeks again. He's got to keep his foot on the gas, try and put pressure on Rossi and Newgarden's throats. Yes, Simon's a contender right now. He has to keep right now going. And the good news is we're going to Iowa, which is a place that Simon Pagano has been tremendously good at over the years. Randy? I, I agree with Jacob. Right now needs to become right now, right later, right tomorrow, right yes. next week, right three races from now. He needs to continue doing what he's doing because if he loses his footing again, then he's going to have to basically start over again like he did well, after Andy. And, so. and there's not enough races left. Exactly. Right. There's only that, six that's races. That's what I was going to say. For, only six for the left. record, those of you who watched the show on Thursday, I picked Scott Dixon, and they almost won the race. So. Almost. By, almost by only the counts way, in horseshoes and I, 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 I want to make a quick point here that – Simon Pagano still being in the fight in third in points is pretty remarkable, if you ask me, because he has three wins this year, but in 11 races, those are the only three times he's been on the podium at all. He's been remarkably inconsistent, yeah. and yet still somehow is third in points within a race of the championship. That sounds league. really similar to other other he's, series that we talk about yes, on this show does. all the time. He's just He's been just good enough, just enough. Yes. That's why I asked, yes. does this make him a serious contender for the championship? He better not um, slip again. He can't Blake, slip again. Blake, you want to offer? Yes, I feel like he cannot slip again, but I also feel like Simon Pagano, of anybody, he's. I feel like he also he has that high at the indie. He's coming off that 
win this past weekend. But he also, like he said, is going into Iowa. I feel like Pagano will be a real threat to challenge Newgarden and Rossi coming up near the end of the season. Yeah, he's never won at Iowa, by the way, but he's been in the top eight five times in seven career starts there. Yeah. He's good there. Um, Murdoch, you want to – okay, well, we Murdoch out of this for the moment. I'll go and simply say – no, Simon Pagano is not going to run for the championship for exactly the reason you just said, because it's either checkers or I don't want to say wreckers because he doesn't crash, but it's either checkers or it's just not good at all for Simon Pagano. The consistency is missing, and I don't believe that Pagano is going to win enough races over the course of the next handful of races to make up the ground because for him to do that, he's got to count on both Rossi and Newgarden stumbling enough to to let him back in the door. And so I'm saying absolutely not. Simon Pagano is not a serious contender for the championship, and I can't believe I'm saying it about a guy that's won three races. I just don't see the guys in front of him all being that bad over the course of six races to let him make up all that ground. Exactly. You know, that's Especially my point. Especially the 27 and the 2. Yeah, I mean, I just I think this is a two-man race for the championship Ding. right now. And I I still say somehow at the end, uh, Alex Rossi's going to pull this off. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really think that we're, we're to a point yet where I, I can say that with a lot of confidence because, again, Newgarden is just uh, everywhere he goes, he's good, but so is Rossi. Right. You know, every once in a while, one of them will slip or have a bad day or whatever. But Dixon's had some bad days. So I don't think I don't think Scott's a contender for the championship, despite the fact that he's still in the top five. I think it's a two man race. Um, and, you know, any any thought that anybody had about Will Power having a strong finish to the season, I think that kind of went out the window as well. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> no, it went out of the window three weeks ago. You're just now catching up. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, let's just say that the icing went on the cake this past weekend because yes. he did not have a good race yesterday. And I'm like I said, I'm saying two man, two man horse race uh, at this point. And personally, I love this because I think IndyCar, there hasn't been a season of IndyCar where we've had just two in a while, where we've had two obvious drivers that every week you go into the next race going these two are the two you got to beat. We've had many seasons in a row, I feel like, where we've got, um, you know, we, we've had four or five drivers that could win the championship. I love the fact that this year it's going to come down to probably the new Gardner Rossi. I think it makes the last, you know, handful or six races much more intriguing because it's a battle just between those does. two. You know, and it's, it's not down to those two yet. But if anybody besides those two is going to ha going to have a shot, they better win like two or three of the next six races. Well, and you've got to count on those two. If they if they finish second, third, you know, I don't know that you make up enough ground to really. Well, it uh, keep in mind, it's 10 point. It's 10 points from first to second. Mi minimum yeah, but so you you just by winning, you can make up a lot of ground, but. 
you know, for somebody like Scott Dixon, he has to hope, you know, who's almost 100 points back. This is what I'm saying. He's got to, you know, the only person who can win two, three races and have a shot is Pagano at this point. Yeah, I mean, well, and then, there again, he's got to count on neither of those guys because, again, if you're only making up Simon, 10 at well, a time, si- that's 60 points. Simon's only 30, 34 I know, points out. But that's what I'm saying. In best case, if you win them all and 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 they finish second if simon you know, wins them all he wins the championship right. he's only 39 points out best case right you know we know that ain't gonna happen so <laughs> you're not going to you're not gonna win them all no nobody's gonna win out this is there's there's too many fast horses right now um you know if i had to pick one like i said i still think eventually rossi's going to emerge and win this championship but i'll tell you what new garden's not going to make it easy on him no I mean, separated uh, by four points at yeah. this juncture i mean what a battle I would love to see it personally come down to be, you know, the final race being within 10 points and have to see one of those two win at Laguna Seca to win the championship. Oh, and there's that that, variable too. Laguna Seca's back. Well, and see, there's another thing. Neutral track. You know, I mean, that's going to be the wild card that could stir For everybody not named Scott Dixon. Well, yeah, but that that's why I believe that we're at a point where I think we see a two-man race, and I still think Rossi could win it, and I can't believe we're almost out of town. I know. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, this is what happens when you put all of us in exactly a room right. for two hours. We, we waste a lot of time and sometimes talk about racing. <laughs> now I'm going to talk about my computer career, HMS Motorsport and strutmasters.com who combined to help make this show possible. So we thank them for their thank efforts, you all. Uh, particularly HMS for uh, their presenting sponsorship of this show. Visit them on the web, hmsmotorsport.com. Right now, though, for Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Blake Harris. It's nice having Blake in studio yes. tonight. That was fun. We'll do more with Blake as we go. Yes. And Chris Murdoch behind the glass because he'll kill me for forgetting about him. I'm Jacob Seelman. Keep it off the wall. If you're headed to a racetrack this weekend we might just see you there have a safe racing weekend good Good night you've been listening to lead lap radio powered by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com lead lap radio is a race chaser media production for more exciting and passionate motorsport content follow race chaser media on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and visit racechasermedia.com The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.